Do you know, I want to um, uh, begin this morning by reminding you of someone who is uh, very special. He's still alive. I think that he has enabled probably one of the biggest modern-day miracles uh, to happen. Um, And his name is Nelson Mandela, born on the 18th of July, 1918, served as president of South Africa from 1994 to 1999. He was the first South African president to be elected in a fully representative democratic election. Uh, Before his presidency, he was uh, 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 an anti-apartheid activist. He was arrested in 1962 Uh, convicted of sabotage and sentenced to a life imprisonment. And he served 27 years, many of those on Robben Island. So what did he do when he was elected the South African president? Well, he rejected revenge. Uh, He forgave his oppressors. And he found hope in a very unlikely place. He found hope in all sorts of things, but it was demonstrated in one uh, particular uh, game of rugby. And I don't know if you've seen the film Invictus. It is a phenomenal film uh, and really worth seeing. If you haven't seen it, it is really worth seeing. Lindsay and I watched Made in uh, Dagenham as well on Friday. That's really worth seeing as well. Have you seen that film? Didn't you like it? I loved it. I thought it was great. How many of you have loved that film? All the women, I see. Now, I loved it as well. It was a great film, Made in Dame. But Invictus, just a terrific film, I thought. And um, I want to show you a clip this morning. Now, forgive me, the clip is seven minutes long. But hey, it's rugby, so it's really worth watching. And, and, and I, want to, I want you to watch it. Um, there is a little bit at the end that shows probably three seconds of uh, a little black guy surrounded by policemen. And if you haven't seen the film, you won't understand that at the beginning of the match, they were shooing him away. And at the end of the match, I just think that moment depicts so much and picks up on some of the heart of uh, the, the film itself and, and the feeling and the movement uh, that happened. So this is seven minutes long. Sit back. If we can switch the lights off, sit back and enjoy. And then... I'll try and link it to Timothy somehow at the end. The thing about that is, is that what Nelson Mandela achieved was the impossible. Uh, it depicted in a film, and of course, it's, it, that doesn't spoil the film. You watch the film. If you're anything like me, you'll find yourself quite teary as you see what happened and what is depicted of what happened in South Africa. You know, life is not all about how you start off. Life is actually about how you finish off. What are we aiming towards? What are we hoping to achieve? I want to bring us back to Paul, and and you'll see why I picked that um, uh, image from that film. Uh, Paul has come to the end of this letter. uh, We've been doing this little series now for five weeks. This is the end of the letter. To Timothy. It is the final letter that Paul ever wrote. About three weeks after finishing this letter, it is believed that he was beheaded. Uh, His life has come to an end. He hints at that during the the passage. He says, um, uh, 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 the time of my death is near, he says. I've fought a good fight. 
I've finished the race. He's very aware that the clock is ticking. He's very aware that the end of his life is, uh, 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 coming, is, is coming at him uh, very quickly. And this letter shows his very human side. Sometimes we can think of Paul as this great evangelist. Everything went right for him. Everything uh, happened just as, as it should have done for him. But uh, this shows his human side, his desperation at feeling uh, alone, his desperation at needing people to be alongside him, at feeling that there was no one there with him, at seeking encouragement. He says in verse 13, I love this, when you, when you come, be sure you bring my coat. I left it in Troas. I like that little verse. I think that just shows, you know, look guys, I'm cold. I need my coat, you know. I can't go and buy another one at the moment. I'm actually chained up in prison. My life is coming to an end. Just bring me my one that I've uh, got. We know from history he didn't live to uh, receive uh, his coat. But he says this, as for me, my life's already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I've remained faithful and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that great day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his glorious return. Paul is talking about finishing well. This is the end of his life. I've lived my life this way. I have done certain things. I've achieved certain things and I'm I'm coming into land now and I can look back uh, uh, with confidence uh, on my life. I found a really interesting uh, uh, stat this week, information this week about uh, the 1968 Mexican Olympics. The last runner to finish the marathon in 1968 was uh, from Tanzania. Uh, and during the race, he had stumbled and fallen and broken his leg. And at 7 p.m. that evening, he hobbled into the uh, Olympic Stadium. It is amazing. Already getting dark. Most of the people had left the stadium. There's only 7,000 people left in. You can look at the clip. It's on uh, the internet. And uh, as he entered the stadium in his last lap, the crowds rose and gave him a standing ovation. Uh, ovation. He was asked, why didn't you quit? You've got a broken leg. Why didn't you just stop? And he said this. He said, my country did not send me several thousand miles around the world to start the race, but to finish it. Oh, that's phenomenal. How we finish is really important. You know, Nelson Mandela could have finished a bitter, twisted, angry man, having had his life robbed from him. Instead, he's finishing, and he's still alive, obviously, you know, but he's finishing in a glorious way because he has enabled the healing of a nation. That doesn't mean there's more to do. doesn't mean it isn't still a bit of a mess. doesn't mean there's still lots of stuff that needs sorting out there. But, but he set it on a path. He's, he's demonstrated how to finish well. And that's what God calls us to do. He calls us to be a people who finish the race. He set us out to see this nation change. He set us on course to share good news and bring good news to others. Nelson Mandela demonstrated and continues to demonstrate how to live a life well. And from whatever position or background you start in, you can make a difference if you have a determination to do it, to bring change. For him, it was about uniting a nation. If he could do that for a nation, what might we do for our nation? 
with the hand of God with us? What might we do to bring about change? What might we do to bring about more of the kingdom of God? Three things that inspired Paul. You know, Paul, uh, in, in writing this letter, he talks about, I've finished the race, he says, I've, I've remained faithful. The Christian life is not a 100-meter sprint. The Christian life is a marathon. The Christian life is one that just goes on and on and on, and, and we've got to pace ourselves. Pace ourselves to get it right. Pace ourselves to win the race. Three things that I bring out of this passage this morning. Number one, the present. Paul knew that he'd passed the baton on. He was comfortable that he'd enabled others. He's comfortable that he'd raised others up. His ministry, his calling, his outreach was to the Gentiles. It was, and nothing was going to stop him doing that, but it, it would have stopped if he hadn't passed it on. He says, oh, well, I, I've, I, I'm comfortable where I am in my life, that I've lived a good life because I've now passed on the baton. I've raised others up to do the ministry that I have. There's no success without a successor, so the saying goes. There's a lot of emphasis on that in business these days, passing the baton on, ensuring that we're raising other leaders up, ensuring that we're passing on the kingdom of God, passing on our skills and knowledge that we have, the callings on our lives that can be reproduced in the lives of others. You know, one of the things that um, uh, we as a church have been through in the last few weeks, we've seen a couple of staff move on. We're, we're welcoming a couple of other new staff members amongst us. are all very exciting, I think. You know, one of the reasons why people come, we, one of the reasons why we have people to come as curates here and they come for a short period and get trained up and pass, we pass them on is because we want to raise up people and to pass them on to others to see what we have, to see the kingdom of God reproduced around this country, to see lives changed, to see the church ignited with fire, to see people on fire for God. This is what we're about here. We're about passing on and reproducing ourselves. It's what Paul was about. Paul had passed it on. He'd raised Timothy up. He'd raised Timothy up as a leader after him. He says, look, I've I've passed the baton on to you. I've run the race Now it's time for you to grab hold of this baton and for you to run with it, for you to see, uh, continue in your faith, continue strong in the Lord, to continue to see uh, God's kingdom come. It says in uh, verse 17, he says, um, But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. The Lord stood with me and gave me strength. You know, friends, uh, we have such... I don't know, what, I don't know what, what you want at the end of your life. Would you be like Paul? Would you like to be able to look back and go, I've done some good? Would you like to be able to look back and say, in some way, shape, or form, however large or small, I've, I've enabled change in this nation. And I mean in the nation. Why not? Why not bring change to the nation? What, why limit our view just to the tiny community around us. Why not change the nation? You know, we as a church family, we are involved across this nation in so many different ways. I'm on a bit of a journey at the moment with um, a guy called Carl Beach. I've teamed up with him and New Wine and CVM, which is Christian Vision for Men, it stands for. Uh, We're going to do some men's stuff across the nation and... uh, uh, we're going to launch something in the autumn called Dad's Big Breakfast. 
and um, uh, it's, it's really exciting. We're going to encourage all the dads on a Saturday morning to come to church because we're going to pilot it here, so it'll be fun for us a lot. We're going to encourage all the dads on a Saturday morning just to come to church with their children, whatever age. So, so they come with their children. So, that, so you might come with a, a little tiny ones who play with Lego and things like that. We'll have some of that out. You might come with teenagers who want to play pool and table tennis and throw darts at one another. You can do that upstairs. Uh, we'll, we'll come, we'll eat breakfast together, and then we as dads, we do stuff with our, with our kids, whatever age they are, for, for about 45 minutes. Real father-children time, father-sons-and-daughters time, real investment. Uh, and, and then, having had breakfast and having that, all the dads doing it together. I think it would be a really good thing. And, of course, we've got to cook the breakfast as well and all that sort of stuff, you know. Unless we can order it from down the shop and then we get takeaway, but I don't know. But we're, we're, we'll do all of that stuff together. And then we'll come together at the end of it and we'll remind ourselves of what it means to be a great dad. Why? Because we want to, we want to raise up the dads in this nation to be dads that really do inspire and encourage their children to make a difference. To, to, to reach the next level, not to be satisfied where they are. And, and we're doing that. We'll pilot it here, and we're gonna, we'll do it here quite regularly. And, um, uh, uh, but, but actually, uh, with uh, CVM and New Wine, we're going to launch it across the nation. It's going to be launched in the summer across the nation. We're going to be advertising it. Why we want to bring change across the nation? Why can't we do that? We can do that, can't we? We can bring change across the nation because all things are possible with God. If Nelson Mandela can change South Africa, why can't we change the UK? Why can't we at least begin to make an effort to change the UK and to bring something of the grace and the goodness of God? I tell you what I want when I'm... When I, I do hope and pray I live quite a long time, but I hope and pray that when I'm old, I'm able to look back and go, do you know, I did some good. I did some good. The, 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 this nation is slightly different and better in some small way, with all humility, because I lived. I left it a little bit of a better place rather than if I hadn't been there. And I believe that all of us have that dream in our hearts. We want to leave the nation a better place. With God, it is possible. Paul said, I'm comfortable with what I have done at the end of his life. With God, we've achieved something significant. He was comfortable where he was. Secondly, he was confident about his past. He knew he'd lived a good life. He knew he'd not dropped out. He knew that he continued in the race. He'd pushed on. He pressed through. He knew he'd been faithful in the way in which he'd lived his life. I finished the race, he says. I've remained faithful and now the prize awaits me. I fought the good fight. You know, sometimes the Christian life is a fight, isn't it? There's so much that seems to go against us these days. There's an atmosphere of cynicism towards God. I think there's a real spiritual battle that's going on in this land at the moment. And I think that Christians have to stand together and to stand up for the things of God. I think think it's important that we're able, like Paul, to say, I fought the good fight. I've remained faithful to my Father in all that I've done. He's not implying that there hadn't been mistakes. He's not implying that... He wasn't weak. He says he is. He's not implying that he wasn't sinful. He says he was. It's not implying that there weren't times of discouragement. They were. But in all the problems and trials that Paul went through, Paul could say, I've stayed in the race. I've continued to press through. I've continued to push on. What a great thing to be able to look back in your life and say that I stayed on track. 
I've not just trotted through life on my own, but I've influenced others for the good, and I've left this world a little better because I lived. I don't believe that our purpose in life is to be comfortable and affluent. I think our purpose in life is to build something of the kingdom of God and his kingdom, uh, the body of Christ and his kingdom in this world. And I believe that one of the things that helps us, and Paul expresses it here at the end of his letter, is each other, encouraging one another, spurring one another on. He talks about that, doesn't he? He talks about his pain at feeling left alone. He talks about his, his desire for them to come. He says, come quickly, will you? Come quickly, I need you. I actually need your, your voice in my ear. I need your encouragement in my life. I need to hear you standing beside me. I need your cheering alongside me. We need one another. Phil George ran a marathon the other week. Where is he? Phil George, he ran a marathon. Like, Very good. He did in about 10 hours. The excellent marathon he ran there. Went, three and a half. He ran, ran a very good marathon the other week. But, and it's on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube. He's got some photographs up there with some music in the background. And, and I, he showed me. I was watching with him. And he, he said this. He said, my brother was there. And some others were there. And he, he said, your brother was there. He said, and he was shouting to me. It was in the last lap, wasn't it? He was shouting to me in the last lap. And Phil said, it made all the difference. You see, the encouragement, we can encourage one another. We're going to say, come on, let's do this. Paul said, I need the encouragement of others around me. You know, that's why, that's why we rattle on here about being a member of a life group. That's why we go on here about being in a cluster, about being in relationship to others. Why? Because it makes such a difference when we spur and encourage one another on. When we say, why don't, why don't, we, why don't we help one another to do things? That's why Barry and I are doing this thing next Saturday with Beeson. Just get you know, 15 people together. Let's go change somebody's life for a day. And do you know what? Anybody who's ever done that in the past will say, it is great fun. Start at 9 o'clock in the morning, finish at 5.30 in the night. You've changed somebody's life just in one day. Well, it's all it's cost, one day. But, you know, it spurs you on and we encourage one another. We encourage one another in doing good. We encourage one another uh, to do things. We need one another. That's why Sundays are important. That's why getting together is important. If you want to know about joining a life group, you can go and shake Phil's hand and say, well done on the marathon, he'd like to talk to you about life groups. Uh, you, you, you know, just, just, just come and join one. Ask one of the leaders to join one. Go to the welcome area at the back today. People need, Paul needed people, and like Paul needed people, we need people. We need one another. And then finally, the future. Paul knew where he was going. He says this, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, would give me on that great day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his glorious return. Paul could finish well. Listen, he was about to be beheaded. He was chained up in a jail in Rome. There, There was nothing going right with his life at that moment. And he's able to say, I finished well. I finished well. I finished well. Not, why not? Not because of what I'm suffering now. But I know, I know, that when my life is finally taken, I'm going to meet my Lord. I'm going to meet my Lord. I know where I'm going. I know what it's about. And, and some people don't think about that early enough. Some people don't think about it early enough. 
Where are we going? Paul had such confidence in it. He had a secure hope, a sure future. Paul knew that his past sins had been forgiven. He knew that he stood under the glorious grace of Christ, waiting to meet his Lord and Saviour. And he could have every confidence that the crown of righteousness will be placed on his head. I wonder if you have that same confidence. That when you finally die, that the Lord would say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. And as we meet him, perhaps face down, he'd place on our heads that crown of righteousness. And he'd say, welcome to my son or my daughter. It's for all who eagerly look forward to his return. We're called to be people who live a good life, who encourage and help one another. And in so doing, we, like Paul, can be secure about our future, knowing ultimately that one day we're going to be with our Lord and live with him forever. And you know, friends, we don't have to do that alone. It's um, in the uh, Anglican um, calendar, it's Pentecost Sunday today the day when we remind ourselves of the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we remind ourselves that it's not just about one another, but actually we need a move of God. God can do do all things. He can make the impossible possible if we open ourselves up to Him. And, and, and this morning, I about you, would you like to live a life that really does bless others? Would you like to live a life that sees God's kingdom come? Would you like to live a life that that, that impacts others? Would you like to live a life that is self-giving in so many ways? Would you like to live a life of generosity that just blows others away? Then it's all about allowing the Spirit to come and work on our hearts. And as the Spirit works on our hearts, we get changed. And I want to pray for us this morning. I want to take the next few minutes just to ask the Spirit to come and to minister to us. And this morning to encourage us and spur us on, that we wouldn't be comfortable just being where we are. Listen, if Nelson Mandela can change a nation, having been in prison for 27 years, what might we do together? We're not on our own. What might we do together if we allow God's Spirit to truly work amongst us and inspire us and challenge us and change us? Stand with me, will you?